0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 1.
1: Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you are having a delightful day wherever you are. In three hours, I get to hit golf balls. It's wonderful weather outside for me. I get to do that. I, my friends, we will, we got to begin. It's delicious out there for the Democrats. Goodness gracious, I want to play for you. Some of this audio, uh, this is from Jake Tapper, and I. I, I this is, my gosh, I, I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's like three minutes, but some of this, it is just bad out there for Joe Biden. The Democrats starting to get a little nervous. This is just how Jake Tapper starts this. <laughs> And we're back with our 2024 lead. Horrible news, horrible for Joe Biden in our new CNN poll. While the president leads his Democratic competitors by a huge margin, two thirds of all of the American people surveyed, 66% of the public say that a Biden victory would either be a setback or a disaster for the United States. Let's get straight to CNN political director, David Shalian at the magic wall. David, let's start with the state of the Democratic primary right now.
2: Yeah, you noted uh, Joe Biden's lead in this Democratic primary. He's at 60% among Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents in this poll, Jake. Robert Kennedy Jr. is getting 20% support inside this primary right now against an incumbent president, Marion Williamson. You may remember from last time around, she's running again this cycle at 8%, 8% naming someone else. You can see inside the numbers where Biden's strength is and where a potential warning sign is. If you look just at those who identify as Democrats, that's a Biden strength. He's winning 67% of them. It's among those that are independents and they lean Democratic, so they're in this sample. But there, it's a much closer race, 40% of them for Biden, 32% for Kennedy. So Kennedy's support comes from not tried-and-true Democrats, but more leaners, Jake. And then take a look here, We asked, might your mind change? A little, a slim majority, 55% say they might change their mind. 45% say they're definitely going to support who they're with. I'll just note, Biden supporters are locked in. About six in 10 of them say they are committed to him and not going to change their mind. So it's the folks that are with Williamson or Kennedy who are probably more malleable uh, in this race.
1: And David, when it comes to how voters see Joe Biden and another presidential term, I mean, those are some bad numbers.
2: Well, I mean, just your basic favorability, uh, favorable opinion or unfavorable opinion of Joe Biden. Look at how Americans are rating him, Jake. I mean, 35% favorable. That is remarkably low. 57% have an unfavorable rating. And look at this by party.
1: You don't need to go further. The Democrats themselves don't have a high favorable rating of Joe Biden. Now, I want to break this down for you. Because for all of the obsession over a Republican primary, Republican primary voters, uh, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, someone else, Democrats have problems. This should be a red flag for the Democrats, particularly as the country is headed towards a recession. It's not the Democrats who are the problem for Joe Biden. They're not great. They're not great but it's not the Democrats who are the problem. It's the independents who lean Democrat, a growing number. That growing number of independent-leaning Democrat, they used to be Republicans. They were the people alienated from the GOP by Donald Trump, by and large. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them. And remember, those people broke for the Democrats in 2022, along with 13% of Republicans, some of who are probably in that number now, and they don't like Joe Biden. They are tired of Joe Biden. They are concerned about Joe Biden. They want someone else, 20 to 22%. And by the way, that's consistent across polling. There is the red flag for the Democrats. You do not know that the number is precise, but the fact of the matter is the numbers are relevant because the trend lines hold up. Poll after poll after poll after poll after poll after poll after poll poll showing Robert Kennedy getting 20-some-odd percent of the vote. When it first came out, I want to say it was the Quinnipiac poll that first showed that, and the Democrats were like, this is an anomaly, this is a bad poll. Then the Fox News poll showed it. Then the CNN poll showed it, and the AP poll showing it. Roughly 20% to 25% of the Democratic Party And Democratic-leading voters are saying, we're going to vote for someone other than Joe Biden, the incumbent president of the United States. And there's been a Democratic decline for Joe Biden, too. Joe Biden is still perceived more favorably than anyone else by the Democrats, but less so than a year ago. We can focus all we want on the GOP. But you offer a fresh face from the GOP, someone they they don't know, as opposed to Donald Trump, who the people are already familiar with, 95% know him. You offer them someone new, allow them a chance to look at him. When you've got 60-some-odd percent of the republic saying that Joe Biden is going to be bad or a disaster in a second term, that's a real problem for the Democrats. Even with Donald Trump, he might be able to pull it off. When you look at these numbers, when you look at just how badly Joe Biden has alienated himself from now, you do need to know this is a poll of all Americans. It's not a poll of just registered voters. The registered polling number improves for Joe Biden, but there's kind of a lagging indicator that when you've got all Americans saying this, it ultimately trickles into the registered voters and then it trickles into the likely voters over time. And that's bad for the Democrats. They have a real hard time dealing with this. And Robert Kennedy, he's not going to go away. Listen, this is other commentary from Aaron Burnett show on CNN about the CNN poll. It's not an outlier, right? So our CNN poll had Kennedy at 20%. We've had two Fox polls out in
3: the last month. One had him at 16%. The other one had him at 19%.
2: And so we're seeing this very consistent sort of range of Kennedy, somewhere between 15 and 20%. And all those polls generally have Joe Biden in the low 60s. So Biden is clearly ahead. But the fact is, Kennedy is putting up a far more impressive showing than I would have thought when he first entered the race.
1: Yes. Okay. Now let's step back and look at this a little further. Robert Kennedy is a fringe conspiracy theorist candidate. He's one of those people who thinks vaccines cause autism, among other things. Yo, you think he's on your side. He has suggested eliminating people who don't believe in climate change. He's not on your side. He's a far-left wackadoo. And he's getting 20% of the Democratic primary. And he's not getting 20% because he's a far-left wackadoo. He's getting 20% because he's not Joe Biden. And people know Marion Williamson, who's getting 8%. 8%. She's the far-left wackadoo, magic-healing crystal nutter. And she's getting 8%. And anybody but these guys is getting 8%. You got 16% for Marion Williamson or someone else. You add in the 20%. My goodness gracious, a third of the Democratic Party wants someone other than Joe Biden. This is an alarm bell about primaries. There's still time. Joe Biden was not able to realign the Democratic calendar the way he wanted because Georgia refused to move and New Hampshire is refusing to move. There's time for a Democrat to come in in primary, but you know they won't. You're left with Robert Kennedy as the proxy. It would be kind of funny if he won. Robert Kennedy Jr. may actually hurt Donald Trump. If the Trump numbers continue to hold the way they are, around 50% of the GOP saying he Trump's their guy, some of these people will say, well, we're not really having a primary. Let's go do Operation Chaos and help Robert Kennedy, and it could work. But then that hurts Trump, and it helps Robert Kennedy, and it makes Robert Kennedy potentially a fight for the nomination against Joe Biden, which weakens Joe Biden. This could be a Teddy Kennedy scenario against Jimmy Carter. Y'all, this is actually kind of funny. I mean, you got to think about it. You've got a a dementia-addled octogenarian who is the guy the Democrats are relying on to stop Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and all the other Republicans, and voters are starting to say, hey, uh, guys, guys, this guy's not in his right head. There's something wrong with him. He can't find his way off stage. He drools a little bit on occasion. I was told I can't reference old man smell anymore, so I won't. But you know what I mean, dude's over 80, doesn't know where he is half the time. His wife has to lead him around by the hand, and voters see it. The most remarkable aspect of this is how the media has covered it up. I mean, the media does their best to say, there's nothing wrong with Joe Biden. Look, he's a spry guy. Don't you look at him falling off a spike, you racist. Don't you look at him creepily touching the little girls or licking his ice cream cone, you bastard. Bigots. Joe Biden is in his right mind all the time. Pay no attention to him when he's not. Uh you know, th- this uh. <laughs> They're stuck. They're stuck. Meanwhile, who do the Republicans have? This is why I- I'm optimistic about it. Look at the Republican bench. You've got a former president. You've got a former governor turned U.N. ambassador. You've got another former governor from Arkansas. You've got a current governor from Florida, a current senator from South Carolina, a current CEO investor, Vivek Ramaswamy. You've got a possible former congressman turned governor turned vice president of the United States getting into the race. They're all running for the presidency. Two of them are from Indian immigrant families to the United States. One is a descendant of slaves. One is a reality TV star who beat Hillary Clinton and lived to tell the tale. One is a combat veteran. He'd be, if Ron DeSantis were elected, the first person elected president since George H.W. Bush in 1988 who was a combat veteran. Served in active duty in Iraq. I kind of like our odds. We're facing a party that thinks gay porn is perfect for elementary school libraries, but not the cat in the hat. We're facing a party that thinks poor people should eat bugs, not cows, and buy expensive electric vehicles that they don't have the power to charge at night to get to work. Kind of like our odds. Did I mention a recession is coming? I kind of like our odds. And we're running against an octogenarian with dementia, who voters, more and more despite the media covering for him, are realizing the guy's got problems. I kind of like our odds. So it is an open line Friday, and I'm taking the family out of town next week. So if you want to get on the phone today, you can get on the phone today more likely than not. Just don't be insane or angry. Uh, The phone number, 877-973-7425. Uh, glad to have you with me across the nation. This, I, you know, I'm struggling with all the different thoughts in my head. How do I reconcile them all to you without sounding cliche, but I got to go back to it. I've got to go back to it. It's what I say all the time. Events change things. You know, the Democrats came through in 2022 and they did way better than I or anyone else, including the Democrats thought they would do. And the reason they did the exit polling the exit polling, again, the exit polling when adjusted based on actual turnout really is a good indicator of what happened, always has been. The exit polling unadjusted isn't very good, but once you adjust it to take into account the number of women, the number of men, the number of non-white and white people and the ages of people who turned out, you get a good sense of what happened. And what it was is that a majority of independent voters for the first time since 2002 when George Bush was president after 9-11 – They voted for the incumbent party of the White House, and 13% of Republicans did as well. And they did so as a repudiation to Donald Trump and the stolen election stuff. You may think the election is stolen. Most Americans do not, and they're tired of hearing you complain about it because they don't believe you, and they think you're nuts. Whether you think you're nuts or not, most people do, and they're kind of scared of you for being that crazy. Whether you think you're crazy or not, most people think you're crazy. I don't mean this disparately at you. Please don't take it that way. It's a majority of Americans disagree with you, and you're so dogmatic about it, they think you're nuts. You don't think you are. It's the same way any zealot is thought of as crazy. The American people are put off by it, and that's why they were put off by Trump and Trump candidates, relitigating 2020. So they voted for the Democrats. Events change things. You get a recession that wreaks havoc on people's 401ks and wipes out uh, equity in people's homes. You get a lot of angry people out there, and they may just vote for Donald Trump again, even though they don't care for the guy. But the Republicans have a deep bench that the Democrats don't have. There are real opportunities here, real opportunities. And I think people have had enough in the culture war. There's a report out today on Wall Street. Target has lost $9 billion. $9 billion. That is a lot of money for a corporation. Now, I I, I got to tell you, there are a lot of conservatives who want to take credit for this in Bud Light. I, I, I see people referring to this as a MAGA uprising. No, there aren't enough. This is an uprising of middle-class moms who are fed up and and middle-class dads who are fed up. There are a lot of people in politics who want to take credit for things like this target, $9 billion loss. Bud Light sales crashing so much so that other beer makers are horrified at what has happened. Like there are beer brewers out there from major companies going on background to business publications saying they've never seen anything like this. And there is a lesson to be learned here. You see things like this, and this is not a conservative uprising. This is not a MAGA uprising. This is a middle-class uprising of people who are not woke, who are tired of the BS. Moms protesting Target. Dads protesting Bud Light. They're tired of the woke nonsense. That should be a big red flag to a Democratic Party that has gone all in with the wokes. It should be a big red flag to the left. This is a warning sign that the left has pushed too hard, too fast in the culture war. The frog is jumping out of the pot. Instead of waiting for it to come up to temperature to boil, the frog can feel the heat and is responding and jumping out of Target and out of anheuser Bush's demographics. You should be aware of this if you're a Democrat and be a little concerned. This isn't MAGA. This is America. Now, speaking of America, I got my son his Vision Computers gaming PC, and oh my gosh, we stayed up last night all night uh, talking about American technology and a great American company. Vision Computers builds computers and services them, tech support. In fact, my kid today had a problem, and I said, don't call me call Vision Computer, call their tech support, and tech support was able to guide my 14-year-old who doesn't know an HDMI connection from a USB connection, was able to get him to figure it out and work with him and get the problem solved on his computer. If you want world-class tech support for your company, for your business, for your home, Vision Computer can do it for you. Call them, 404-Compute, ask them about the Eric Erickson Special. They can guide your employees as their tech support. They can build the computers for your company or your house. 404-Compute or go to visioncomputers.com. If you call them, 404-Compute, ask about the Eric Erickson Special. Greetings, conversationalists. I am delighted you're hanging out with me today. I hope you're doing well. I would like to spend some time with you on the phones. Let's begin with Al. You're going to be up first on The Eric Erickson Show. Al?
3: Yeah, I'm on, I'm here.
1: How are you? I'm a first time caller and I've had
3: those two questions in my head. Oh, uh, a long time now, ever since we owe 31 trillion. So that's my question. Who do we owe it to? And that's a
1: uh, trillion dollars a year in interest. Who do we pay that to? Are oh. There firms, are there investors, what? So it, largely it's people who buy bonds from the government. Um, So the government puts out bonds on the market, uh, institutions buy them, American individuals buy them, foreign countries buy them, and they're a pretty good uh, investment because the government of the United States is required by the Constitution to pay all their debts. So you know, allegedly, the government's not going to default, although uh, maybe it will. They'll still get paid, but it'll take a little bit of time. Ah, uh, which would jeopardize the bond rating. but the the bond interest rates are set on the market, but they are premised based on the credit worthiness of the United States, which has again now a triple A bond rating, which came back during Donald Trump's presidency after it went down in the Obama administration. and uh, but their' debt. so if you if you've got a, a portfolio that's balanced between stocks and bonds, if you've got government bonds, that's who the government's going to pay. Uh, it's those bonds that the government sells. Uh, China buys them. Russia buys them. France buys them. The U.K. buys them. Canada buys them. You buy them. I buy them. Uh, and that's who the government is paying. Make sense?
3: Yes, but where do they advertise that you can buy bonds? I, I, when I go to a bank, I never see anything about bonds. Let alone oh, well- CDs
1: these days. <laughs> yeah, occasionally if you go to the bank and you ask about a savings bond, um, th- th- that would be. But often it, it's they, they do it on the market, and you can go to the Treasury Department. You can buy them directly from the Treasury Department. So every government uh, sells bonds through their uh, either central bank or the Treasury Department, in this case, in this country. So if you go to, like, uh, what is it, UStreasury.gov, I think is the website, there's a link. To be able to buy bonds now uh, a lot of people will buy them in bulk uh, and they do through so through bond funds like for example uh he, my friend david nicholas who i have on the show sometimes he's uh, one of the guys who handles some of my money uh i've got an account with him and he has a what's a, a, essentially a bond fund with the federal government and so i've bought into this bond fund and it pays me a reliable interest rate and dividends. And I just reinvest those dividends, growing my bond portfolio over time. Uh, so you can go through brokers. You can go through some banks. You can go through the Treasury Department directly. Uh, governments go through intermediaries around the world to buy U.S. bonds. Okay, but
3: this is about the interest bond. So who do we owe that bond to, the $31 trillion?
1: Okay. So, uh, all right. So there is, there's, there's the deficit and the debt. So um, uh, let me deal with both of these. And I, I, I know you know this, but let me explain for everybody else. So the deficit <laughs> is when you've got $5 trillion coming into the government, but the budget is $9 trillion. There's a $4 trillion deficit. So the government takes out bonds to cover that deficit and that 4 trillion dollars then goes into the national debt so we pay interest on that the debt is serviced by the bonds so the government's got 31 trillion dollars in debt that means it's got uh, it has sold 31 trillion dollars in bonds uh by which interest payments are made you got to pay interest on your debt uh and that's in the form of payments to the bondholders
3: i see i see
1: yep and that's it so
3: your, your... Your, your knowledge because I have, this has been playing me I hear 31 trillion 31 trillion and
1: nobody oh, it's, ever says anything. It it's absurd it. now Al do keep in mind I went to law school so I may be sounding smart and lying through my teeth but that is my basic understanding of it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it Al thanks very much for the phone call I, I mean basically y'all uh, the government issues bonds just like uh companies issue bonds companies issue stocks and bonds. So, for example, Apple, uh, I'm in the Apple cult. Uh, Apple, you can buy its stock on the stock exchange, but you can also buy bonds by Apple. Uh, and, and the bonds are basically the Apple is making so much money out there that it issues debt. You can buy Apple's debt. Essentially, you're loaning money to Apple by buying the bonds. And the interest rate, Apple's making so much money that they can pay off their debt very easily. They have a, a, a AAA bond rating. And so they're paying you interest. So you take the bond out, uh, you buy Apple debt, let's say you buy, um, you you buy $10,000 worth of Apple's debt. So you're giving Apple $10,000, it's using for other things, and Apple is paying you your $10,000 back plus interest. That's its bond, and it's bond payment to you. The government does the same way. The government needs a trillion dollars in in debt. Uh, it needs a trillion dollars. It's got to borrow a trillion dollars to be able to make its ends meet. So the government issues a trillion dollars in bonds. And you buy those bonds, and the government pays you back your money plus interest over time. It is the debt service on the loan. This is part of the problem here. The government does not pay back the total amount of money over time, per se, It just pays the debt service, so it's paying the interest on all of these things. And over time, that adds up to you. You get your money back plus interest, but it compounds the problem for all of you and me as taxpayers in that the government continues to issue more and more debt um the american bond market is considered a great investment for people particularly now that interest rates have gone back up because you're getting a good rate of return on the investment because the government's guaranteed to pay it and it's going to pay a good interest rate that's that's what's going on here unfortunately for you and me it's gotten to 31 trillion dollars i mean obama added about 10 trillion dollars and then donald trump added in four years barack obama did $10 trillion in eight years, and then Donald Trump did $8 trillion in four years, and now Joe Biden has done, like, another $4 trillion in two years. It's not sustainable over time. And I may have totally botched the explanation, but that's my understanding of it Al. just so you know. Okay, uh, Chad, you're going to be up next on The Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Long-time listener. I have a question. So this seems like
3: Groundhog Day. Every time a Democrat becomes president, they go through the debt ceiling thing. They, the government gets two or three days' paid vacation because they go through a government shutdown, and the uh, Republicans cave because they're murderers and they're starving grandma. So, what's the difference between now and normal?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. So here, so this is kind of the pattern. When Republicans control the White House and Congress, there's never a debt ceiling fight because they automatically increase it. When Democrats control the White House and Congress, there's never a debt ceiling fight because they automatically increase it. When Republicans control the White House and Democrats control Congress or vice versa, there's always a fight because both sides want to use the debt ceiling as leverage to extract something. And typically, it's more painful for everybody in Washington when it's the Democrats in the White House and the Republicans in Congress because Republicans want to cut spending. The Democrats never, ever, ever want to cut spending And they always scream that we should just do this. Well, Republicans say no way. Democrats are starting to come to terms with the fact that they're going to have to cut spending in some degree. By the way, that reminds me, Chad, Chad, does that answer your question?
3: Uh, It's still, I mean, like I said, why does this, why is this one seems to be the one that's going to break America?
1: Oh, it it always is. Uh, In 2011 and 2013, we did these, and and we had the same nightmare headlines that America is going to default, that we're going to go bankrupt, interest rates are going to go up. Uh, The the media believes that you should just raise the debt ceiling, and so the media uh, does these fear stories every time. Back in 2011, the bond rating actually did go down, and so the debt service interest rate did go up. Uh, and the media just does these nightmare scenarios because they're trying to scare everybody and blame Republicans.
3: That's what I was saying. I just wanted to confirm
1: it. <laughs> oh yeah, yep that that's it. I mean it, it is. So I well, you know when I was at, I was at CNN for three years, uh, one of the people there became a very dear friend of mine. Uh, and one of the things she said that I I actually uh, do believe to a degree is she said younger journalists are very progressive socially and they believe in using the media and their job to advance their causes. So what I misunderstood she said about older journalists is that they may be socially liberal, but they try to be objective. Where where she thinks it comes off as, as a liberal bias, however, is liberal older journalists believe government should work. Conservatives believe government should leave people alone. And so the media's coverage of government always manifests as an advantage to the Democrats because Republicans want to cut government. And if you cut government, necessarily government can't work for some people. And her argument was that, yes, this comes across as liberal, but you've got to understand why the liberal bias exists. For younger reporters, it's a socially progressive bias. For older reporters, it's about the functions of government needing to work for people, and you just gotta keep that in mind. But undeniably, it comes across as a liberal bias to you and me. Uh, It's just for different reasons based on the age of the reporter. And I thought that made sense, Uh, and it does. And, And you see this with the debt ceiling. Uh, The media doesn't want to entertain cutting the debt. They don't want to entertain paying off the debt. They don't want to entertain a balanced budget. They want to entertain grow the debt ceiling. We shouldn't have it anyway. The government should just be able to uh, add more debt whenever they want. Nick, welcome to The Eric Erickson Show. Nick, how are you?
3: Doing wonderful, Eric. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, I've got to ask because it's driving me nuts because I have friends who are uh, Democrat, liberal uh, Are they buying the same gas That I have to buy Are they buying the same groceries That I have to buy uh, are, are they? Is it, do they really feel so strong About Biden and his administration Or even things like that Because if they're doing something different And they have more money to burn I actually want to make more money I, I'm a retired police officer After 33 years starting a new you know new business and everything else i have to keep working uh and i don't mind that i'm having fun actually but the thing is is i don't want to struggle for the rest of my life with gas prices the way they are and i know some of them have their electric cars and we're happy with that i don't want one i can't afford one right now anyway well, but so what are Nick- they doing different that, that that we should be doing to uh be eased in this economy of, of high food and gas prices
1: well they they have unicorn farts and fetuses uh, and, and they fuel themselves <laughs> about, <laughs> kidding kidding <laughs> progressives out there kidding no listen so the problem for them is in you know higher income white people are increasingly democrat because they do live a lifestyle different from you and me Look, I, I would I would I'm I'm playing golf actually with a buddy of mine today who uh, used to work for Priority Jet the 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 private flight I would love one day to be able to afford to fly private all the time I'm taking my family to Arizona this coming weekend and, and we're on Delta and but a lot of upper upper income white people are increasingly uh, they don't go to church they're very wealthy and they turn Democrat uh, in large part because of the social values they don't care about the costs because they don't feel the costs. And they feel like, and, and I use feel, not think, very importantly, it's emotion. They feel like the Democrats take care of people better than Republicans, and they don't f- actually experience the cost of living that you and I do. They don't experience the the amount of money that comes out of our pocket to get make ends meet. They, they don't live that life. Uh, but they consider themselves very empathetic, and surely the Democrats are taking care of people. And meanwhile, they feel like the Republicans are mean and racist, and it's all an emotional argument for them. So while you are struggling to make ends meet, while uh, black voters and Hispanic voters increasingly are struggling for rent and food, in fact, there was a poll out yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was, or maybe it was Bloomberg, 58% of Americans right now are struggling to put food on the table every month they're having to cut back because the cost of food is still impacting them these upper-income white people don't feel that as much as the middle class does and they feel like the democrats are working for people more uh it's all about feeling and emotion it is not about logic and reason now uh, one of the groups pushing back against all this and can save you some money on your cell phone bill is Patriot Mobile. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, you can move your cell service to them, including your phone number, so you get to keep your phone number, and they might be able to save you some money. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. They give you discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member, a teacher. If you've got kids and you got a lot of them and they need a lot of phones in the house, Patriot Mobile can help you. And then they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes you care about. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. They are good people who share your values. They fight for the causes you care about from the Second Amendment to the pro-life cause to getting conservatives elected to office. It's patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K or 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Get free activation. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be on the program today, 877-973-7425. We're being a little loose on the phones, letting you help set the course of the show today so you can call in. And I am going to go to Alex. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Great. What's going on? So a few days ago, you mentioned about how if
3: Donald Trump goes away, all these investigations into him go away, and I believe you're correct about that. My question, my concern is, we all know that the left now views Ron DeSantis as worse than Donald Trump. What's to stop them from going on a fishing expedition into uh, into him? and you get all these left-wing activist DAs that do everything they can to try to find something that he did. As we know, three felonies a day, there's so many laws, it's almost impossible not to break the law.
1: Right. Uh, So to a degree, DeSantis is more immune from Trump in this for uh, one big reason, and that is he is from Florida. Uh, And Trump, unfortunately, and the Trump organization were for the longest time headquartered in New York and incorporated in New York. And that's why we've had so many of these fishing expeditions is because they're all New York based. You've got Leticia James, the the um, the attorney general there. You've got uh, Alvin Bragg, the D.A. in New York. Uh, You don't see, for example, the Palm Beach County D.A. going after Donald Trump. Uh, It's only places where there's a nexus of uh, residents that they can get him. And so he's emboldened left-wing prosecutors in New York City to go after him. DeSantis is from Florida. Uh, Duvall County is a fairly Republican. They just elected a Democratic mayor, but still leans Republican. The DA there, Republican. Uh, He's from the the St. Pete, Clearwater area, from a Republican area there. Tallahassee is probably one of the more liberal areas, but he's not actually from Tallahassee. Uh, and so there's real no nexus for investigation. And by nexus, I, I mean he. the, the law says uh, it's got to be crimes where the crimes were located. And in places like w- with Donald Trump's, th- that is New York City because he was a resident there for so long. His business operated there. The books of his business were there. The company was chartered there. That is the big issue. Um. It is uh, that that's a that's going to be the issue for um, any liberal prosecutor who wants to come after Ron DeSantis. Uh, Where is that liberal prosecutor going to exist? You can't find, let's see, uh, Orlando, Florida, for example, had a liberal prosecutor. That liberal prosecutor is now gone. But let's say that liberal prosecutor was there. Maybe they investigate DeSantis and Disney. But that was done when he was uh, governor, so that's really a job for the attorney general in Florida, who's a Republican. I mean, that's one of the issues here just to deal with overall is that Donald Trump, uh, regardless of what you think of the man, was headquartered in New York City and lived in New York City. Only after his presidency did he move his residence to Florida. Had he done all of that before he ran for president— He wouldn't be dealing with a lot of the legal problems in New York that he's dealing with. He's only dealing with those problems because that was his residence until leaving the White House. And that opened him up to the litigation of liberal prosecutors in New York, something DeSantis hasn't done, or Nikki Haley, or Tim Scott, or even Mike Pence being from Indiana. They're kind of inoculated just by where they chose to live and make their residence.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?